Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, my name is Gerald McGee, mental health therapist, social worker, and founder of Everyday People Individual and Family Counseling Center located in the Shoah Cultural Center, the big red building in the middle. And we are so excited to be here today for our third podcast, celebrating our 10th anniversary here in the Shoah Cultural Center. And I am so pumped up about our show. But before we get off into too much, we want to talk about a few things as before i would like to bring some attention to some things that's going on in the world and number one do you know that nine out of ten people now are exposed to some type of air pollution and that seven million people die a year due to air pollution strokes cancer lung disease air pollution is so responsible for so many things that happen so we got to continue to do better and cleaning up our air on an individual level on a community level on an organizational level we have to do more to make the air that we breathe cleaner we need it as i said uh in my last episode that as humans, we have to take care of our environment to make sure that it is good for our children. Next, I like to talk a little bit about the NBA. So do you think there's parity in the NBA now? <laughs> the last three champions have been Milwaukee, the Lakers, Toronto. Sound like some different teams. I wonder what's going to happen this year. Will it be the Celtics? Will it be Golden State? Just take a hunch. But it's interesting to see more diversity in the teams that are going to the championship. I must say, though, if Golden State and the Celtics get to the championship, then obviously they have a history of championships. Celtics has been some time. So I guess it'll feel like a new thing. But they got so much NBA championship history. When you got people like Bill Russell and Larry Bird, I guess you shouldn't expect anything different. I'll say before we get into our discussion, though, last but not least, I want to discuss the attitudes of gratitude. We need to take a moment and really be grateful for the things that we have. Science has proven that having gratitude actually changes the way we feel and alters the state of the brain so we can actually be more positive about our life experiences. So let us every day try to have gratitude in our lives. And today I would say my attitude of gratitude is kindness towards someone else. I know it's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, but if you can step back a moment 
and do something kind for someone else, you are definitely in a, in a place to be thankful and have gratitude. So next, today we want to talk about social constructs. So I have a background in, in mental health and sociology. So I had to learn about, you know, social constructs and try to understand how they impact human behavior. They are essentially ideas and beliefs that come together through the interaction of human beings and social in social interactions. These beliefs appear to be absolute and they are specific to a, a social group that created them. Social constructs oftentimes will have a lot of shoulds that dictate thinking and behavior. This is often hard to see because the circumstance related to the construct may fade, but beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors may linger without recognition of original social idea. So think about it like this. The world travels a thousand miles an hour and we, we experience it, but we don't feel it because we are moving at the same speed, like you driving your car, right? Or riding your car. However, we see the day become night and night become day. This is a, this is functional for us all because we're used to operating in an environment where the earth turns. And if something was to change with that, we would know it. Hot dogs, hot dogs, and more hot dogs. I guess you say, what hot dogs got to do with anything? Well, let me tell you, they came into the Americas in the 1800s, brought to the city of New York where it became a popular street food. Then from there, it spread it all over the United States and it became a popular food. And actually, not only did it become a popular food, but it became one of the symbols of American life. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pies, and Chevrolet. I know everybody heard that some, at some point in time, right? Yeah. But most of us don't know the history of a hot dog, how it became a part of the American culture. Most of us don't know what's in a hot dog, you see, because although a hot dog tastes good, it also has some qualities that make it not so healthy for us to eat. Such is social constructs. We may not understand where they started, how they started. We may disconnect from what might, what might have been bad about those things, but we hold on to the beliefs and attitudes and the behaviors as a result of the social construct. And so in this ep episode, I want to help you become better aware of the social constructs that we live in and how they influence the way we think, feel, act. If you've ever seen the movie Metrics, there was two pills. There was a red one and there was a blue one. I guess after this episode, you'll be a little bit more aware and you'll know how the world works around you. The first one I would like to discuss is language. In America, of course, for the most part, we speak English. Obviously, this language came from the British and, and it evolved over time. But most of us never really think about the fact that we speak English. No matter what our heritage or cultural background might be, if you're in America, you speak this language. As we learn language, we also learn symbols that tell us what things mean. Red means stop. Yellow means slow down. Green means go. Also within our language, 
We develop words that are affirming, life-giving, and also words that become destructive. And depending on the use of these words, we can have a powerful impact on one's self-concept and esteem. You know, as a therapist, I believe the most destructive type of abuse is emotional abuse, which is oftentimes spoken more so than something being done to you. So we're saying it, and it's far more toxic. Oftentimes, it's not being regulated or controlled. But what people say about you can have powerful impact on how you feel about yourself and what you will become. A man said to me once that he remembered the words of his mom, and no matter how successful he became, her words always felt like a chain around his neck, holding him back from reaching his potential. Language, use it wisely. When we think about government and law, may not realize that it's a social construct, but we are democracy and ideas about freedom, autonomy and rights, the power of the vote is at the essence of what we believe. This is played out in having a government that has an executive branch, has a legislative branch, and has a judicial branch. This gives us a sense of identity. And in this process, we have a government that we believe will do the bidding of the people. And in this, there are structures created, created that we live under, like healthcare, for example. It is a reflection of our governmental social construct. In many countries around the world, they have universal health care. We continue to struggle with that idea. Perhaps we think that socialism or collective ideas are a threat to democracy on some level or capitalism. So we avoid really embracing completely this idea and it's shared amongst our many communities. Race is a social construct. If you didn't know that, because there's not too much biology in saying that we are different other than the aesthetics of the outside, but on the inside, our organs, our blood, the things that make us is all the same. Our features may be a little different, but why is that such an important thing in America? Well, within our social constructs, can we say hot dogs again? There was the reality of creating a subservient class to do particular type of work, making one class more superior over another class. And as a result, there was these stereotypes and prejudice put in place or reinforced by laws, reinforced by religious ideas, and it dehumanized particular groups of people in our society, making them less than. Creating this environment actually led to legislations being put in place for over 400 years to regulate race. And now, because of the oppression and things that have occurred over this period of time, there has to be more legislation to regulate justice and equality because it wouldn't just happen on its own. Why? Because from the very beginning, it tasted good to have this racial inequality, but the results of it 
is discrimination and prejudice, which is antithetical to the very foundation of what America was supposed to be established on. In the last 55 years, African-Americans and other groups have been able to make substantial gains, but that's only because laws changed to try to help make things fair. But we have to realize that ideas around race still persist in our society. And when we look at people, we always trying to figure out what race are they, who they really are. We still don't see people for what they are on the inside. We still trying to look at them for what we see on the outside. Guns, mass shootings like the horrific attack that killed nine, 19 children and two teachers at the Uvalde, Texas elementary school, or the 10 people at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. This is crazy, right? I know people that went to that grocery store. In fact, I've been to that grocery store before. What's going on that these type of tragedies continue to happen in our country? What kind of mythology do we embrace about guns that make us feel that having more guns, like 400 million guns on our streets, make us safe? I hear people say right now, that in the state of Ohio, teachers will be allowed to carry guns. If our teachers have to carry guns, and I've already talked to a few, will it actually make us safer? Or does it suggest that fear is dominating our environment and that we need to carry guns like the old West because there are some bandits that might be coming at any time to take us out. Perhaps maybe, just maybe, we're moving away from being the United States of America to the United Fear States of America. And as a result, we'll be moving back to the old, old West and everybody will be like gunslingers trying to survive because they're afraid of some outlaws coming along to take them out. Or will we stand up as the people we can be realizing guns is not the answer because all they do is foster hate.